God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. We are also good. good. You guys are awesome. You're really good. Good morning. <laughs> My name is Chan Choi. I'm serving Evan Village Church South Loop. Welcome all of you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Could you show me that, that logo, what I attached? This is a logo of Open Methodist. For your information, after having the special session of the General Conference, the group of Korean clergy in our annual conference gathered together to publish a pastoral response, which begins with the purpose of these statements. I'm going to read that part. We, as clergy and lay members of the United Methodist Church who share Korean heritage, are deeply grieved and heartbroken by the legislation passed at the special session of the General Conference in St. Louis. We are guided by the Spirit to present our pastoral response to stand with LGBTQIA communities in God's unconditional and unlimited love. Even though I was not an initial member to, who wrote down the whole statements, I signed and have committed as a member of this Open Methodist. So far, over 150 Korean clergies and laity from our denomination signed and expressed their support for the full inclusion of LGBTQIA plus persons and communities in the body of Christ. Unfortunately, it is true, it has a long way to achieve this mission in Korean culture and community. Since it was the very first time to organize a movement for this missions, we've experienced many trial and error. It took a month to confirm our mission statements, and it took more than two months to organize a structure and set a specific goal for each team. Definitely, we needed a courage to build something new. And next pictures. These pictures from my colleagues, Reverend Ji and John, and we had a retreat after, uh, after writing down the whole statement. And one more. We Open Methodists have experienced a joy of collaboration and building something new by following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So, as a community, we laugh together, cry together, pray together, and share the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Now we are working for creating a sacred and safe space and planting an inclusive worship for Korean-speaking congregations. So please remember this group of people and pray for them. While you're listening about this community, you may have recalled our story. The story how Urban Village Church started and built something new with courage. Now we are about to build something new again as a community of believers. So if you are still excited with our stories and ministries for creating Jesus Love Inclusive Community, if you feel like there are more things that we can do as a church, it's time to take a courage to build something new together. Amen?
let me check your memory. All right? Don't be scared. <laughs> Do you remember that the community of believers in Book of Acts, so-called the Holy Church, was my ideal church? Do you remember that message? All right, it's fine. Three weeks ago. <laughs> All right, and then do you remember why? It's fine. Even, even my wife forget about that, so that's fine. Because it was a community that is filled with joy of worship, gratitude of sharing, and, and love of serving like us. Amen. As a result, this community of faith has been grown up drastically. And even there was a day when about 3,000 persons were added. 3,000. I really want to see the same miracle at here, but I don't know how we can have 3,000 people in this room. But yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah, we can move to the Grand Park. So. And we don't know how quickly this growth was happening, but it was too fast, too fast to conduct their important practice of sharing food with the needy. Verse 1 says, The Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widow were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. The issue raised was a failure to care for the marginalized widow. But it was not that simple. Let me highlight the first part of this complaint. The Hellenists complained against the Hebrews. There were two groups of people in this church. Don't be deluded. The Hellenists, the Hebrews, were of one heart and soul. But the problem was one group in practice had been experienced unmet need with this community of goods. If you are leader of this community who need to take care of these issues, what are you going to do? But you find that you hear about this complaint. All right, we couldn't receive our daily food. What are you going to do? What is the most simple solution? Don't be shy. Of course, prepare more food, right? It's an easy solution. Yeah, we can prepare more food. Or if we don't have enough resource to share, we can take a turn to share it. All right? That's a pretty simple uh, solution for that. However, it's not only a simple logical issue to prepare enough food for everyone, but it is also an issue of language barrier and cultural differences between two groups of people. Then how can we handle it? It's just not about the food. And let us imagine the previous leaders, the 12, who had to handle this problem. You know what, some of them may, may have experienced an organizational culture like Matthew, who was a tax collector. But most of them were not called or equipped to do such work of running an institution. They didn't have a Master of Divinity degree. By the way, seminary didn't teach me about how to handle these issues either. And do you remember how Jesus called his first disciples? Jesus called them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. But he didn't mention about these issues. Someday you need to take care of these organizational issues. 
He didn't mention that. When they realized the limits of their leadership, the Holy Spirit guided them to see the real problem, what they are facing, losing the focus of their mission, spreading the gospel of Jesus to the ends of the earth. That was their mission, but they lost their focus. They may raise these questions. Why couldn't we focus on our mission of praying and delivering the good news? Why? Why our community couldn't fully take care of a people in need? Why? And here is the answer. Ineffective infrastructure with this outgrown community. To solve this problem, the twelve called a meeting of all the disciples and suggested this new step structure. Let's read together verses 3 through 4. Let's read together. One, two, three. Actually, it is not a new invention of the twelve. In the Old Testament, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, advised Moses to focus on teaching the rule and instructions and showing the people of Israel how to live and what to do by appointing leaders who can share his burden. By the same logic, the twelve asked the community to choose seven leaders who can share their administrative duties. So the qualification requirements were quite simple, but tough. Good standing with community and full of the spirit and wise. They didn't ask a specific experience and knowledge history of running an organization, which is about task. But they did highlight the character, who they are. Who they are as a qualification of leader. They didn't look for one who is good at preparing the food and waiting on table. But they look for the leaders who can work for the values and missions and visions of the community with wisdom and inspiration by the Spirit. Because these leaders, leaders need to resolve the congregational conflicts that they are going to face more often as the whole community has been growing up more and more. Both the twelve and the community might need their courage because this is a totally new way to do it. It would be pretty hard to adopt this new structure. It sounds quite familiar with us. Shaping a new step structure and finding a new leader for the community. I'd like to invite you thinking about this question that leads us to the new step structures. How can we more faithfully live into our mission and vision as a whole church while tending to the particular realities and context? How can we more faithfully live into our mission and vision as a whole church while tending to the particular realities and context? 
This question was arisen from challenges that we have experienced through the growth of UBC. And at the same time, from our passion for the broader mission and work that we are called to do and be in the Word. Like the 12 and only church, we might need a courage because we've never walked this path before. But we are sure that the same Holy Spirit will guide us as a companion of this journey. Amen? Through this transition, I'm looking forward to seeing the same outcomes that the Holy Church experienced after building the new structure. Uh, next uh, passage, verse 7. Let's read together. One, two, three. Amen. Of course, I really want to see the significant increase of our members because it means that we can have more power and energy to work for our mission. But I don't like to highlight the most important mission that they had achieved under the new structure. The word of God continued to spread. Definitely the 12 would have contributed to this success because they were able to focus on their responsibilities for preaching and teaching the Word of God. However, there was one more thing to cause this success, empowering and sharing the mission of Jesus. Have you heard the name of seven leaders who were chosen in today's passage? Really? Even it's pretty hard to read it, right? Pronounce it, right? Janita did a really great job. Stephen, Philip, that's a pretty easy. But Prochorus and Nicarno, Timon, Permanas, Nicholas. Have you heard their names? Except Stephen, who is honored as the first martyr of Christianity. We don't remember who they were. They were commissioned by the twelve and empowered by the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and delivered the good news. However, we don't remember their name. Once people focus on the power and authority of those who preached it, but now people focus on the power and authority of what is being preached, the Word of God. The name of apostles and leaders became dim but the word of God became vivid and clear. So the word of God continued to spread. I'm looking forward to see the same thing from us under the new structure. The name and contribution of pastors and leaders become them, but the mission of UBC becomes vivid and clear. Amen. We know that living systems are always in flux. And to be a healthy and enduring system, we need to look for ways to live more fully into our mission and vision. If we stop pursuing it, what would happen? Pastor Emily, who is serving our UBC Hyde Park Woodlawn, shared a conversation that she had at the Measuring Your Mission course at Calloc. And it was a session to talk about the constant need for improvement. And she asked this question to the instructor. What if 
you feel like you have achieved all that that can be achieved in your system. Let me repeat it. What if you feel like you have achieved all that can be achieved in your system? And here is his response. You retire. (laughs) You retire. We, as a community of believers, can be retired when we don't need to fight for the anti-racism. Amen? We can be retired when we don't need to fight for LGBTQ inclusion. Amen? We can be retired when we don't need to fight for female empowerment. Amen? Amen. Why do you want to put it? We can be retired when we don't need to fight for any word. Food security. Homelessness. Justice. Then we can be retired. We can be retired when the gospel of Jesus Christ is delivered to the ends of the earth. Then we can be retired. But it has not yet come. So we need to keep looking for ways to more fully live into our mission and visions. We might need a courage to walk this pathway. We might need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let me invite you this moment of prayer. Please close your eyes. We should remember that it is not about a task and project. But it is about a life of church. A mission and vision of church. At this moment, please release all your questions and emotions. And let us ask the guidance of the Holy Spirit and courage to build something new together. Let us think about why we are here. Why we are taking a courage to build something new from now. Gracious and loving God, we are thankful for your calling to this very special community where we found the joy of worship, where we found a gratitude of serving, where we found a message of your unconditional and unlimited love for everyone. As you walk through the new pathway where we have never been, We are filled with fear of uncertainty and grief of losing our comfort. So we are asking for your presence in this time of transition. Be our shepherd who leads us to the green pasture and still waters where we can solve our thirst and hunger in spirit. Be our guidance who light the pathway with wisdom and courage. Be our friend who is always with us. So help us to fully live into our mission and vision 
as you call us to be. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.